Hey, this is Jen. And I'm Tequila, and welcome to Inside Stories, where we take some time and we explore Madison one story at a time. So this week, I'm very excited. We have Mark Espanol with us. And um, well, first of all, hello. How you doing? Thanks for having me here. Yeah, I'm excited. And I think, should we get into the backstory after we hear his Let's story? Let's give a little bit of backstory first. You know, I like a little suspense before we get going. Okay, so um, I first met Mark in like late November of this past year um, in a, cl- a writing class in Odyssey Behind Bars at Oak Hill and working on a story and Mark told a great story. And so we were like, well, you know, whenever you get out of prison, like let's connect because there's storytelling stuff in Madison. And then I think I heard from Kevin, the instructor, I think a week before the last moth um, that you were out and gave me your email. So I emailed you to come to the moth. You came to the moth. And uh, we just happened not to have enough names in the bag. I'm like, hey, do you want to tell a story? He's like, all right, I'll tell a story. And then he told this incredible story. So um, I think with that, let's just listen to it. All right. I'm super nervous. It's the first time I've ever done this. Uh, Second reason why I'm nervous is because I have to admit to a group of strangers that I just finished serving nine years in prison. I got out last Thursday. Prison was definitely a nightmare. It was something that I had to uh, endure on a daily basis. I started my prison bid in Stanley, and when I was on the bus from Dodge, I was just trying to mentally prepare myself for it. You know, what they tell you prison is. You know, you, you get robbed, you get stabbed, you get beat, and I was not prepared for that. It was my first time, and I was uh, terrified. And um, we get to Stanley, and when I get to Stanley, we, we're going through, like, the yard, and the yard is, like, the scariest thing you hear of when you hear prison stories. So we're walking through the yard, and there's only one guy walking the yard, and he's, like, six foot eight, 290 pounds. And as we get closer, there's 12 of us now. There's a group of us. Like, I'm not the only one on this bus, right? And uh, as we get closer, he just looks at me out of the whole crowd, and he's like, hey, brother, how you doing? God bless you. And I was like, I look at the guy next to me. I'm like, he's going to try to eat my candy, isn't he? (laughs) And, uh, you know, they get to laughing at me because I don't know what prison is. And and anyway, long story short, um, I'm enduring this thing. The first six months of my bid, uh, I lost my parents uh, to cancer. Um, I carried a lot of guilt. And, um, you know, I was afraid of what I was going to expect. You know, I didn't, have, I didn't have, like, a picture in my mind of what life would be like after, you know, I endured those 10 years. They wanted me to do the 10 years. but So um, I get through this thing. Um, I, I get moved from Stanley. I go to, um, to Fox Lake. And um, in Fox Lake, I, I started catching this show. It was a hip-hop show. And for me, music always helped me get through things. Even as a little kid, like, I would listen to music, and it would just, you know, take me into another world. And... So I get to Fox Lake after being in Stanley where there was no hip-hop, right? <laughs> so, and I start tuning into this hip-hop show, and, and there's this voice, and the voice is soothing, and she's playing, like, the old-school jams, and I'm chilling, and I'm getting through my days. And, and you know, um, when you're in prison and you decide to, to follow a positive path and you're not, you know, surrounded around the negative circle, you're, you're treated like an outcast. You know what I'm saying? I, I decided, I made the decision from day one that I will no longer live my life in a negative manner. And that brought a lot of, you know, bull crap as well. And I was always judged and stuff, but it is what it is. I'm, I'm glad I, I stood focused. I took a lot of classes and I did a lot of schooling. And um, so, yeah, let's get to the awards part. So 
So I'm listening to the show, and the lady behind the microphone does this uh, this call for like people with prison art, and you know she's asking for people, and I'm you know I'm good in graffiti, so I, I do a painting, I send it in, and you know she's amazed by it, and and you know she loves it, and I'm like great, and I keep listening to the show every Saturday from 12 to 3 in the morning. I'm listening to WORT and Boss Lady and the Universal Soul Explosion. You know what I'm saying? And, uh, yeah, I'm vibing out to it, and, I'm, you know, I'm getting through my days, and, and it seemed like that was my refuge. Like, I, when, when, you know, Sunday came, it was like I was already waiting for Saturday. I was already waiting for Saturday. So we're going to fast forward some more. I end up getting sent to a work release center, and as I said, I was doing a lot of schooling, and I did an industrial maintenance class at uh, Madison College that um, I ended up graduating with a 4.0. And, uh, thank you. The school nominated me as uh, the graduate speaker, and I, you know, I shared the podium as, you know, under valedictorian status, and I, I was, yeah, I was, I was amazed myself, and uh, so I invited her, you know, I wrote her a letter, and I invited her, and, and uh, she showed up, so, you know, so I ended up in Wisconsin following love, the girl that I came out with here left faster than, I don't even know, than a Mustang, like she was gone the first four months. I didn't have no family, no nothing in Wisconsin, so I was getting through this prison bit basically alone. Until I got to, you know, Fox Lake, and I was getting through with the radio show. So I invite her, she shows up, and, and I was like, holy smokes. Right. She was beautiful, and I was like, holy crap. Like, so long story short, we, get, we, we still talking, I'm writing letters, whatever. We, we, um, we end up developing a relationship, and uh, so... From me not being able to see life after prison, the reward for me dedicating myself to not only changing, but to also being like a light to others, because there are a lot of people in prison that need light, they need love, and uh, I took that on. Um, I got out, um, she fought for me. We, uh, we ended up getting a sentence modification. By the way, I was given a 16-year prison sentence for introducing someone to someone else that sold them drugs. It was $2,300 worth of cocaine, and I got more time than a murderer, right? But I did it, right? I came out, and today, I live with Boss Lady. I got a positive network, I got good friends. Um, I'm focused, I'm Odyssey alumni now. And uh, that's my story of awards. Thank you. So I heard that the time you told it, and now I'm hearing it again for the second time. And uh, I think I even like it more the second time. And I'm actually feeling, knowing how little time you had to prepare, I'm just even like more impressed that you were able to kind of keep that, get that in your mind while you were, well, you had like 20 minutes from like when you decided to do it to now. So anyhow, so how does it feel Listening to it, um, it, I, it does something to me. You know, um, just remembering the fact, you know, remembering the first day of prison. That that alone, like it's because there really was no, like I had no view. So I mean, listening to the story just brought me back to that, and it, it definitely was less than twenty minutes to prepare because I didn't know <laughs> what I was going to say. You know, because in my life, you know, I played sports and, and stuff like that, but I really didn't have a story for awards. And I thought that when I went there that day, I was telling the story that I told at graduation. That's what I told you. But, um, 
yeah. I mean, I sat there and, and I, I listened to the first two storytellers that came on and, and just it popped into my head and I went up there and told it. Well, this is my first time hearing the story. First of all, congrats on Odyssey alum. Odyssey alum. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You were one of the early years, right? Yeah, like 11 or 12. Um, And congratulations on just your determination for doing your self-work and getting yourself together. I'm always for the self-improvement. So kudos and congrats. I appreciate that. Definitely appreciate that. So what was it like getting up, telling your story to a room full of strangers? Well, with 20 minutes of work? You're cruel. Well, I mean... (laughs) He could have been picked 10th. He was picked third. <laughs> so he would have had more time if he was picked later. So I knew I was going to get picked third. And, and just because the number three has a lot to do, like when my sentence modification came in, the actual district attorney asked for me to be released within 33 days. And then I got released on the third. And then here it was. I was the third person to tell a story. So the number three is, is significant in this whole, uh, I don't know, picture that the universe has for me. Well, one thing I was thinking about just listening to it now, because, um, you know, I, you know, Tequila and I teach storytelling workshops, and one of the things that I think about a lot is, so you have the story you're going to tell, you have the anecdote you want to share. And so how you introduce yourself, I think, is really important, right? Because that's the first thing people hear, you know, so before they hear the story you want to tell, they, they hear what you want to tell them about yourself. And so I think you just did such a great job. It probably it sounds like instinctively because you didn't have a lot of time to, to think about the story. I, I, here, I have to put my glasses on because I, I wrote it down. Right, so you said, uh, you know, I can't believe I'm going to admit to a room full of strangers. You know, so I think by you saying that, you sort of showed sort of your vulnerability in the moment. And I think that like did a lot to get people on your side. And I think from that moment on, like everyone was on your side. And, you know, then you went on to sort of say like, you know, you had stereotypes of what might happen in prison. Um, just like anyone who hasn't been in prison has stereotypes of that. And so I think all that told us really just kind of, I think because you can tell the audience was super enthusiastic and on your side. And I think all that stuff right away and how you introduce yourself was great. So, yeah, um, the reaction the crowd gave me when I admitted that I had just came home, that applause, I think, gave me the courage that I needed to continue mm-hmm, on. Mm-hmm. You know, because, I mean, it felt like, you know, they were for me. They, they were happy that I was home, you know. When you were telling the story about um, your first day in the prison yard, I know you just talked about how, you know, going back to that day just brought back all the memories. But as you were telling that, um, can you walk us through the process, if you remember, of like just recounting those memories? Like I said, there's a lot of energy in that room. So you were getting recounting and you made a little joke even, you know, that thought they were going to take your candy. So, yeah. So um, me being from New York, you know, I've had family members and a lot of friends that did prison time in New York. And, you know, the stories from when people come home or, you know, what you hear, like what you hear prison is, is it's, it's, um, it's a nightmare. It's that is you have to be prepared. You got to defend yourself always. You know, you got certain people that are try you, especially when you come in and you claim like you part of something like a gang or whatever, you know, it's, um, you got to be on your P's and Q's. So, the day that I was on that bus, you know, again, I, I've never been the type of person like, you know, they, they, like violence wasn't my thing. I was always a hustler. Like, I, you know, my thing was getting money. And, um, but I still had to prepare myself. Like, listen, I'm not going to let nobody eat my candy. So, you know, I got to get mentally prepared and, and, you know, psych myself out for what's to come. And I thank God it wasn't that. I thank God it wasn't, you know, like what they say about Sing Sing and Attica and Comstock and prisons like that. And, um, so I, when I was just listening to the story, like, you know, 
admitting that I was nervous to get up on stage, it's kind of like a lot of the men that you meet in prison, like they put a brave face on and it's really like, it's not brave to be tough like or to act tough. Like bravery comes when you start doing the right thing because now you're doing it for yourself. So, you know, you're, you're not, you're like you're letting go of an image and sometimes that's the hardest thing for somebody to do, you know, because once you're not accepted by the circle that you're used to being around, now you feel alone. So you got to be, brave to continue life alone you know so yeah that's that's how i felt about that real stuff real gotta be brave to continue alone well so um just gonna ask you a question about a conversation you and i've had somewhere else so i think i mentioned briefly that you were in the odyssey writing class in in oak hill and so i know in that class there's what like 12 guys in the class roughly something like that and so um, and part of what the Odyssey writing class is, is like you're reading a lot of stuff and writing a lot of stuff and sharing a lot of stuff. And, and at the end of the class is a storytelling workshop and then you tell a story. And you were saying how sort of that process of like being sort of honest and vulnerable sort of changed kind of relationships that you have with folks. And so, you know, it sort of speaks to like the power of storytelling and if, if you're really being honest about it, like the vulnerability of it. So I was just wondering if you wanted to just kind of talk about that a little bit. Oh, um, I'm super grateful for the writing class and, and I'm, I'm glad that I was with a group of men that was willing to be just as vulnerable as me. So there was nobody in that class that I felt was like what they call jacking. Like we wasn't telling fake stories. Everybody in that class opened up and told a part of themselves to the point where people were in tears. Like, you know, you, you don't, it, it's not easy, you know, opening up, especially to prisoners, you know, because a lot of people will use that against you in a prison setting, so um, for me, it was it was great. Like it was one of the best experiences of my life only because I left that room not only now having a group of friends, but, you know, a clearer view of what I wanted to keep on doing, mm-hmm. you know. And, and it was, again, it, it was something that I would cherish for the rest of my life and, and it, it changed my life. That class changed my life. Did you do anything with writing or storytelling before? Nope. Oh, so just music was your only storytelling avenue, I imagine, because music is a huge part of storytelling. I mean, later on, like when I used to think about it, because everyone tells me like, man, you, you know, you're amazing at telling stories. And it's like, I've always been telling stories. So whenever you share like an experience with somebody like, yo, I just did this with Tito. And, you know, so a lot of people told me like, you should write a book and you should write a book. And I'm like, write a book. Who wants to hear about me? You know what I'm saying? Nobody knows me, wants to hear about me. And then one day my daughter was like, dad, you should write a book. And that's when... You know, I started taking those suggestions seriously, and I started writing a book. Congratulations. started writing a book. I don't know the name of it. I don't know what it's going to be called. I'm only in the first chapter right now, but I'm definitely going to get that done. You don't have to know any of that. Just keep writing. Yeah, and I would say as, as you know, working with you during the Oak Hill class, I, I remember being surprised when you said this was like the first story you put together because it was such a sort of fully realized story, you know, so... Um, so I'm glad that you're going to be part of the Madison Storytelling Community. It's going to be great for us. Yeah, well, I, I will be there next Monday. Yeah. I'll definitely be there next Monday. Yeah. Um, well, so one thing I'm wondering, since, you know, we actually have a slightly growing audience because we were just featured in Madison Magazine, and so we've noticed that we've had more downloads. So, so there could be, who knows, several hundred people listening to this, and most of which are in Madison. So... Why don't you let folks know 
about like your DJing and you know where they can find you? Well, I mean, I'm on Instagram. My Instagram is DJ Spade seven one eight six zero eight. I just did my first gig, like I said, um, two weeks ago at Taverna Kaya. I mean, actually at Madison's. I'm working at Taverna Kaya right now as a bouncer. I'm, you know, I'm just working my way into the clubs where I know that I'll be able to, you know, start promoting my own nights and stuff like that. But for right now, I'm available for like private parties, weddings, you know, whatever birthday parties and so forth. Um, I also have a small, I don't want to call it a barbershop. I'm, I'm renting a little suite down on Watson Street and I'm doing that too. I'm a barber and... Uh, I just got commissioned to do two paintings. One from uh, Mia Mays, who uh, she she runs the Still We Rise Foundation, and also for the House of Flavors. Um, where, is both, it, where is that? The House of Flavors is in Madison. I would have to get into my Facebook yeah, to tell okay. you, but it's in Madison and it's uh, it's a restaurant. And um, they saw my artwork. I, I did a Black Lives Matter piece for around the time George Floyd, and I sent it home. And um, it got posted on Facebook, and I've had people hit me up to make T-shirts out of it, and they're just commissioning me for, for work. So, you know. well, we'll put we'll put um, your Instagram address, or whatever, in the liner notes. So if anyone wants to check out Mark's stuff, you can just find it in the. Mm-hmm. I don't think it's called liner notes. What's it called? The notes. What I don't it? know. It'll be somewhere in cyberspace yeah. when you look or listen to this video. Yeah, or you can always contact us at Inside Stories. At gmail. <laughs> and we'll connect you. Yeah, I also have my Facebook. My Facebook's my real name. It's uh, Mark Anthony Espanol. So you can find me on there as well. Thank you for giving us the correct pronunciation of your name because somebody, I ain't going to say no names, jacked it all the way up. Okay, so they might not think you're talking about me because we might not play no. Kevin's introduction. Oh, so well, but, Kevin jacked his name yeah. up at the mall. That's all I'm going to say. He got it right, though. He got yeah. it right. Um, so we usually ask people, so this would be interesting to ask you because you've been in Madison, what now, 32 days? 34 days. Sorry, 34 days. (laughs) Um, what's like your favorite thing or what's something you like about Madison? So I don't know if you've found anything yet. Besides your new boo, sorry. I just had to throw that in there. Hey, I did not know this was going to be a love story (laughs) and I need more of love stories from you. Okay. No, so definitely that is my favorite thing in Madison is her. And, uh, but for me, it's just feeling right. I feel like I wasn't staying in Wisconsin. Like before meeting her, I was on the first thing smoking back to New York or I was going to Puerto Rico. I wasn't staying in Wisconsin. Wisconsin has a lot messed up with, you know, their legal system and, and the way things are handled here. And technically I was afraid to come in and spend another six years on probation, which they also um, lessened. So I was supposed to do 10 in and then six on paper, but the DA admitted to making mistakes in my sentencing transcripts. They did a sentence modification and they lowered my extended supervision to four years with the possibility of getting off in two. And I ended up serving nine instead of 10. So, you know, I got, I got, I think it's like a four year reduction on everything, which is, you know, great. It's great. But, um, I feel right in Madison. I, I, everybody that I meet is, is positive. Um, the network that I've, that I've been, you know, growing out here, it's, I've, you know, it's when you come out of something like that and you have no focus or no view on what's going to happen later. Now I can't actually, you know, no one could say what's going to come tomorrow, but at least today I feel like I know I'm in the right place and that tomorrow is going to be all right. So, I mean, I guess that would be the best thing for me. All right. Yeah. That's the best thing any of us can hope for. I can tell you, mm-hmm. I love it. Um, well, I think that's, 
that's all the questions I have about the story. Anything and you leaving us with some great motivational messages. So looking forward to hearing more from you. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks so much for coming in. Thank you for having me. Well, that was a great story, Jen. Thank you for bringing it to us. I'm not sure how often we'll get to hear the stories from the um, Odyssey Behind Bars, but it's awesome to get to hear how those are turning out. Yeah, well, actually, so this was a story Mark told of the moth, right? And so the, the Odyssey Behind Bars stories, we can't share, right? Like, mm-hmm. you, can't, you know, you have to, like, leave, like, your phone and everything in the locker before you're allowed back into there. So those are those those are not recordings we'll be able to, to share. But so, but yeah, so this was a story... Well, as, as I already said, the park told the mouth. But anyhow, um, I was so pleased that he felt like he wanted to get up and tell a story, and they told the story. He actually won the night, actually. Oh, so he'll awesome. be he'll be in a grand slam whenever we start having, you know, whenever those start coming again. And um, yeah, well, that's pretty awesome. And it was a love story, so we didn't get to hear about the love. But like I said, next time. Yeah. Um, yeah, I feel like actually right now we're, we're we're all like having a little drink toasting Richard because there's just like love in the air in this room because Richard, you know, just proposed yes. his girlfriend. We can so. talk about the awesome studio space, but this time we're going to talk about all the love and the black love and the Jesus. Thank you. I'm so happy. I knew it, y'all. I've been predicting this for a long time. I'm happy. Um, so actually when we're done recording, we can get Richard to tell him tell us his proposal story. So um, I don't think that's going to happen, but... No, he started to tell it before you guys got here to me, so we're going to hear it. Richard's like the behind the scenes, don't talk about me, don't put me in the picture person, no, just let me tell you what to do. That's why we're doing it, because we could see, his, we're just seeing his back, but we could see uh, from the body language, you know. You were like sisters messing with a brother in this room <laughs> at this point. <laughs> All right, so anyhow, so we actually have some news. I think we should share some Inside Stories podcast news. And what is that... That stuff called? Is it the nitty gritty details? <laughs> yes. The, I think the nitty gritty details is what I'm telling you. Like, make sure you subscribe to our podcast. Tell all your friends about our podcast. You know, you should email us. This is actually more like, I don't know, big news. It's like the big news uh, feature of the podcast. Nitty gritty details and the big, amazing bragging Right, because we were just featured in April's edition of Madison Magazine. There's an amazing picture of Jen and I, super enthralled with whatever Richard is saying, and um, check it out. Yeah, it's in the. You can actually find it online if you don't uh, get it in the mail. And the other thing is, starting I think the end of April or early May, the Isthmus newspapers. It's like a month. It's now. For those of you who aren't familiar with the Isthmus, it's a monthly paper and it's also on uh, like a digital presence. They're going to do a season of our podcast. So we're picking 12 episodes from, I don't know, the 60 we've done or 50. I don't know how many we've done, but we're choosing 12 of them and they're going to do a season um, and they're going to sort of share it and embed it on their platform. So we're hoping a lot more people are going to get to hear our stories. Yes. So thank you, Madison Magazine for featuring us and welcome to those listeners and thank you Isthmus for featuring us as well and welcome to those listeners and we'll be back you know with another story and before we do that you can email us at inside stories podcast at gmail.com and also 
you know, some of the stories we featured, they're people who we met through some of the storytelling workshops we've led and, you know, we lead a good workshop. So if you're interested in having us come to your work or you and your friends want to have a storytelling workshop or anything, just give us, give us an email, (laughs) give us an email, give us an email. (laughs) Goodness. You can also find us both at, um, tequilabenton.com for all things tequila universe and at rubenjen.com. So tequila, I could see you've really upped your marketing (laughs) game since we've lost. Yes, I have. I've been working on marketing. Neither one of us is good at personal shine. Just saying. Yeah. So anyhow, yes, you could find us at both of those places. And, uh, We'll be back in your in your, your earpod in your, in your, in your yeah your your earbuds or whatever soon. All right, take care, y'all.